0: Welcome to the Supply Chain Visibility Stories, the podcast for supply chain managers. Brought to you by AXIS, the 100% supply chain visibility cloud solution provider. Supply Chain Visibility Stories is hosted by Bill Wall, a technology industry veteran and enterprise software professional.
1: Thanks everyone for joining us for this next in a series of discussions exploring the intersection of technology and business. We're talking supply chain. Our podcasts are designed to be brief and focused, and we're hoping this format inspires our audience, you, to think about how technology impacts your own organization and how to engage with us. And so I'll have information about how to engage with this series and our guests at the end of today's discussion. Hi, I'm Bill Wall, and I'm honored to be the host of this series brought to you by AXIS, I'm always fascinated by the business challenges faced by companies and how those challenges can be addressed by technology. And with a focus on supply chain, our series topics have really ranged all over the place from so-called edge devices, that's today's topic, all the way back to the big macro trends which are driving today's global business, and all of it around the topic of global supply chains. Today, we're going to continue our discussion of RFID tagging and the so-called Walmart mandate. They call it a requirement. For, For many suppliers, it is a mandate. To discuss this, we have two guests on the program. Please welcome Michael Fine of Zebra Technologies and our regular guest, John DePaulo, Chief Strategy Officer at Access. Michael and John, welcome to the program.
2: Happy to be here.
3: Bill, thanks for having me on again. Appreciate it.
1: John, let's start with you. Last time we talked about, quote, meeting the requirement, unquote. But today is really about what happens before shipment to Walmart, the supplier's supply chain. So much to gain from thinking about RFID before late stage labeling, right? Absolutely.
3: You know, and when we you know, we've been down this Walmart uh, requirement previously and we saw a lot of very large companies, um, you know, not take advantage of data that they could have upstream in their supply chain by really focusing on kind of what we call late stage label application or slap and ship as as people called it. And that, you know, is an area where, you know, you're adding labor, you're adding tasks to your product just before it goes out the door in order to facilitate the requirement from your downstream retailers. And the part that companies miss if they go that route is you have a huge opportunity to gather very granular high fidelity data upstream as product is manufactured, as product hits your distribution centers, as product is moved by leveraging individual identification of product that ultimately will be consumed by your downstream partners So why not take advantage of it early and take a lot of the manual labor um, that was done in in tracking and, and moving that product and automate that to the extent possible? So that's what the beauty of RFID brings us if instrumented the right way within your supply chain.
1: So Let's dig into that a little bit with an expert. Michael, again, welcome to the program. Most of our listeners and people in the supply chain business know a lot about Zebra, really a global leader in uh, tagging, barcoding, equipment, labeling, and services. It's a pretty interesting business, and we appreciate Zebra people being on this program. What's your role at Zebra?
2: Yeah, thanks, Bill. So um, my name is Michael Fine. I've been at Zebra almost 16 years now. And, and my current job at Zebra is I I lead our product management function for our RFID printer encoder devices. And those are the devices that print and encode the, the RFID tags that, that we're all talking about here, right, that are very topical with this expanded mandate from Walmart. And many of the suppliers, right, so we have a whole portfolio of these devices. But many um, Walmart suppliers, retail suppliers, right? even the retailers themselves, Right use these devices to print and encode those RFID tags to make sure that we have the right data on that item and and make sure that the data is accurate that it's scalable that. That the process of encoding those tags isn't holding up your supply chains or or the retail stores, I I like to think of our role in the, the printer encoder world as setting a really good foundation getting the right tag on the right item making sure that it's compliant with the right data standards, compliant to the right specs, if it's Walmart um, for a Walmart um, kind of uh, requirements or, or another retailer. And, and then ultimately just make, make sure that we set that good foundation to drive the business value on top of that. And, and for retailers, right? That's usually inventory accuracy or knowing what I have in store. Right, and I know today, kind of the topic of this product, of this of this session, is, is kind of about looking upstream, right? So, so once it's it's not this technology is not only for the retailers to take advantage of. I think there's a lot of value to be had by the suppliers as well.
1: Well, this is you know a classic Walmart um, approach. They have such power in the market. They're driving and pulling through technology. Um, and leading everyone along, whether they're apparently ready or not. We talked with your colleague Kelly Brenison in the last podcast in this series about meeting the deadline. So if we think about how to get value from an investment in RFID back into the supply chain, what are you hearing from customers? What's on their minds about their biggest challenges?
2: Yeah, I mean the, the first step is become compliant, right? That the first step is is become compliant. tag your products to, to meet the, the retailers' requirements. And I know we've we've talked a lot about that kind of being a being a new being a new thing. Um, the reality is, for many products, that's been around for a long time, right? It's I, I don't know, probably ten years. Certain product categories have been required to be RFID tagged by Walmart. The, and other retailers right the, the, what we're seeing now is really an expansion go, going into broader categories beyond apparel, home goods, sporting sporting goods, all kinds of new categories and, and I think it's because of the success in, in those other those other categories. Um, but when we look upstream right what, what kind of benefits can those suppliers achieve there, there's really kind of three things that that I see kind of broadly or, or that I see kind of um, you know, the, the leading suppliers taking advantage of and and the first one is around claims compliance. So, right, retailers and suppliers have have claims issues where there's disputes over did I ship the right product, did I ship the right quantities, did it go to the right store? And what RFID does is now now that it's easy to count at the item level to really validate down to the item level, that can really um, make that claims compliant compliance process much less, I, I'd say, abstract than it was before, much more data driven than it was before. And um, there was a, a really nice white paper and guidelines from GS1 really recently a, a collaborative effort between retailers and, and brand owners about how to make the most of that and, and how to take advantage of that technology for claims compliance. Great.
3: Um,
2: so so that's the first one. The the second benefit that we often see at the supplier side, it kind of goes along with claims compliance and, and that's just shipment validation, right? That That's um, outbound shipment validation. Maybe it's at the item level, but you know maybe that's validating if I'm supposed to have a hundred pairs of socks. In this case, you can use RFID through a tunnel. Um, validate are there 100 pairs of socks in that case that i accidentally put a shirt in that case that was supposed to have 100 pairs of socks is it the right size of those 100 pairs of socks um, the it, but it doesn't necessarily even have to be at the item level we've even seen uh, really good success cases with uh just kind of case level validation and knowing that okay if i'm packing a truck out of my distribution center that's supposed to go to one store do i have all the boxes on that truck that are supposed to go to that store am i missing one do i have an extra one so it's about kind of shipment validation. You can either go down all the way to the item level or even at the case level. But that, that shipment kind of, kind of case pick pack, shipment validation is a really common use case. Um, and the University of Auburn, there's a there's a project there called SHIP. Um, I forget what the acronym stands for, but they've put out some really nice you know, academically rigorous studies on the, the benefits to suppliers of, of those use cases. Um, and then I would say the third benefit that we see, and, and this is where... Um, it, this is where it's it's the brands that have I think been at the forefront of this, uh, and that's around diversion gray market, right? So so if I have a product that's you know highly kind of counterfeited or 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 that's that has a highly controlled channel to market, and maybe that's Nike shoes or Adidas shoes, or maybe it's uh, some luxury goods, or you know I, I'm making this up right, but you know North Face items or like right, kind of like like high higher end brands. Right, those are often counterfeited and often have um, different channels to market. Well, well, now with with RFID, now I can tell all the way down to the to the, the individual item. So in, in the past, when we just had barcodes, right? I don't know if you could, I know this is a podcast, but I'm I'm holding up some bit, some charts here. But on a barcode, this only identifies what that specific item is. It doesn't tell you which one it is, right? So when I go down to the with RFID, now that I have that serialized down to the item level. I can tell. Okay, did I send that box of shoes to this retailer X? And if I did, why are they showing up on eBay now? Right. Just as a as an example. So that that gray market kind of keeping channel integrity and um, and uh, anti-counterfeiting kind of kind of use cases are the really the third benefit that we see suppliers taking advantage of.
1: I know it's a somewhat um, direct question and maybe even a little unfair, but we've been down this road with Walmart before and some of these technology experiments didn't work out. That's left some suppliers a little gun shy about the work and the investment that's required. Have we moved past that phase or are we at a point of maturity at this point where confidence is really high that this is going to work? Because it's a pretty dramatic expansion of categories. It is. It's, all a, it's, at once. A,
2: it's a- it's a, it's a large expansion of, of of categories, but right, I'm I'm here to say those scars and, and that pain in the past is uh, is gone. Right. It's the uh, the the industry is the better for it, right? Those early days were painful. I, I lived through it. I have some scars to to prove it, but the techno, the technology is is night and day from a performance standpoint it's night and day better from a cost standpoint right i think on the last uh, session kelly mentioned you can often get retail rfid tags for 5 to 7 cents today mm-hmm. so they're very affordable they they meet the market need from a performance standpoint right. and and i think the other thing just we we've, we've seen is the the use cases are there right so that I, I think when you look at the tag volumes and the growth projections and even the last few years the growth of this technology has gone through i mean we're as an industry we're we're shipping 30 billion rfid tags this year it's, which is a tremendous number, right? It's, it's, that um, is
1: that is a huge number, but it raises a question that that as I dug into this topic a little bit, I heard about I often uh, large suppliers, manufacturers, they have lots of customers. Walmart is just one of them, albeit they're relatively large. As this requirement date has approached, uh, a lot of uh, manufacturers are segregating an amount of inventory for this project as they sort of kick off this process of RFID work. At some point, I would have to believe the typical manufacturer would say, let's not just do this for Walmart. Everybody else is going to want to do it. Mm -hmm. Let's just tag everything. Uh, I think you call that the tipping point. Can you talk a little bit about what is the tipping point and what are you seeing with customers?
2: Yeah, the, um, the, the nice thing about this technology is, especially in the retail space, is that it's all driven by GS1 standards. So a GS1 SGTIN stands for serialized global trade identification number. It's basically a UPC code plus a serial number that's that's standardized. So any retailer globally that's doing RFID, as far as I know, they're they're all doing SGTINs. Which is great from an interoperability standpoint yep. because like you said, Bill, it makes a supplier not have to segregate that inventory. It, it that says if I know Walmart has this spec and Kohl's has this one and Macy's has this one, and right, it's it's like the UPC code, right? It's right. it's standardized across there. Um so yeah, and, and then what we see from from the supplier standpoint is that it it's often um, much lower than i that, that tipping point kind of volume is much lower than than i would have expected kind of kind of from afar and, and we're hearing that depending upon the product category or or what um what your tagging process is whether that's going to be the dc level or hopefully source level up upstream oftentimes it's as low as 30 to 40 percent right if i have 30 to 40 percent of my um, volume on a unit basis that's required to be tagged Oftentimes these these users are or customers or brand owners, I, I would say probably more, more correctly, are finding that it's more efficient for them just to tag everything. And then and then so it kind of snowballs, right? So then once you know Walmart has has put out this new requirement that's driving a lot more tag volume, those, that that drives kind of more tagging at, at suppliers. And then all of a sudden other retailers realize that, oh wait, I have the majority of the stuff in my store already tagged anyway. So I might as well start taking advantage of that um, because it's it's already on my products.
1: Even at the lower cost of tax, if you're a manufacturer that's shipping millions of items a year, a few cents here and a few cents there can add up. But I think the point you're making is... Just the efforts required, labor costs, warehouse space, and all the rest of segregating. You really start to balance out one cost versus the other, and is there an inevitable that's it, it, an inevitable downstream push? Everybody's going to be doing this now. We, we got to get there anyway. Let's just make the
2: jump and go. And in you know, in certain categories, I think apparel retail is there that that it's RFID is just becoming as ubiquitous as the barcode, right? To to a lot of those. A lot of those product categories now, it's like trying to sell a, you know, an apparel item, or if I'm a brand owner trying to manufacture an apparel mm-hmm. item without an RFID label on it, is is like trying to sell one without a UPC code, right? Yep. It's it's becoming table stakes of what I need to do to do business in that category.
1: I love understanding what the value is. Uh... On a upstream basis, John, let me come back to you. Uh, what do you advice do you give to customers about how to navigate these projects? are they more worried about technology? is it really about technology integrations the cost of tagging where should they focus first or maybe it's as simple as you need some good experts sitting next to you what's your advice to them
3: yeah, I, I think that engaging an expert who's been there before um, who has done it uh, who can also understand your internal manufacturing and distribution processes is key, right? Because at the end of the day, to get the true value upstream, you know, that that Michael talked about, plus, you know, various other ones, you really have to think about how much further back in my own uh, manufacturing or supply chain process, can I tag a product, identify it, and then start to capture that information? You know, the, the, the real additional value beyond all of the very valuable items, you know, that Michael talked about in his examples, um, is to be able to control, uh, you know, the process of moving, the process of manufacturing, the process of packaging, you know, product as it goes out the door, you know, and I can, I can give an example and it's an apparel example. Um, you know, I was in Vietnam at one of the large um, clothing manufacturers and they had two sides of their warehouse. Um, and one was for RFID enabled product and one was for non RFID enabled product. And when you went into the non RFID enabled product section, there were literally dozens of people packing and rechecking every carton of product that went out the door. When I went over the other side, there were there were two people there and they were taking cases of product, putting it on an RFID enabled table, pressing a button and verifying that as it went out the door. Right. So the labor savings alone was tremendous plus the ability to generate the perfect order every time to your customer was built into the process. So that's really what we're looking to get to, is how can you improve customer service, lower your labor costs and improve your processes as you're you're starting to enable this technology.
1: Fascinating. What you're talking about today with RFID has been the basis of supply chain all along and much, much more for our program to talk about. Thanks to Michael Fine for being on the program from Zebra and to all the experts at their company for participating in this program and to John DiPaolo, as always, for your sage advice. Thank you both for being on the program. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks too for everyone at Access for making this podcast series possible. We welcome your comments and questions about the discussions on these podcasts. You can engage with us at the official Access Twitter and LinkedIn accounts. So please be a part of the discussion. I'm your host, Bill Wall, and for everyone at Access, thanks for joining. We look forward to our next podcast. Talk soon.
0: Thank you for listening to Supply Chain Visibility Stories, brought to you by Axis, the 100% supply chain visibility cloud solution provider. Visit us on the web at axisinc.com, that's A-C-S-I-S-I-N-C.com, or join the dialogue on social media. Look for Axis Inc. on LinkedIn and Twitter. Join us next time for Supply Chain Visibility Stories, brought to you by Axis.